And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Kathy Amos. As usual, we will start this show with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Kathy, you know, it's been a slow news cycle here, really, for IU women's basketball, but I saw this on Twitter yesterday, or maybe on, uh, on Monday, but... As of the other night, Grace Berger is now the all-time WNBA assist leader for Indiana, former Indiana players. It's you know, so it's it's, it's I guess that she has 64 assists so far already in her first year in her career, and that makes her the leading Indiana alum assist WNBA person. So, congrats to Grace Berger, and she's our proud banner moment here on tonight's episode. Our banner moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. I, I will say this. I, I don't, I, I love Homefield Apparel. I don't buy as much as some people, <clears throat> Coach Tonsoni, uh, <laughs> but you know, they've been releasing some really neat, like division two, division one, double A type stuff. They like app state, uh, and, and a couple things that, you know, like from like the seventies and stuff, there was some neat stuff that they had that they were releasing in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, if you really like you know, those old style logos and retro style logos, home field is obviously you know, a place to go. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you're supporting Indiana based business that has its roots in the Kelly school of business, go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code home H O M E home for to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code home for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And in news, we thought with this episode, we'd do some updating about IU alums playing overseas this season. Uh, and as their season are going to get started, I was looking at some of the stuff online. A lot of the European leagues are going to get started here the last part of September. A few of them are actually playing some exhibition games already. Uh, but a lot of our players have moved. Last year, you know, we did, tried to do a uh, first year we really did. We really wanted to kind of keep our fans and our workaholics in the flow of what some of our former uh, our alums were doing. Uh, but Alexa Golbe will be playing with Zaragoza in the Spanish League this season. She played in the Spanish League last year, but she's moved over to Zaragoza this year, uh, where Zaragoza finished fourth in the league last season while losing the semifinals of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, it's one of those, like, uh, you know, obviously Alexa hoping for obviously a little more playing time than she was getting. She played with a very good team in Avenida last year and I think maybe looking for a little more playing time. So um, uh, a move for Alexa in the Spanish league. Yep. <clears throat> um, also speaking of Grace Berger in your who's your proud banner moment. Grace is also joining um, Lointec Guernica in Spain after the WNBA season is over. Um, Guernica finished fifth in the league last season and lost in the quarterfinals of their playoffs. So congratulations to, to Grace on that as well. I think this is, you know, something we see quite a bit from even players that play in the WNBA just because of right now, the money is still not there in the WNBA Plus, this gives them an, a way to go overseas and continue playing all year round. So um, congratulations to Grace on, on that upcoming uh, adventure for her. Um, 
<laughs> I just realized the typo I have here. Uh, Tyra Buss is expected to be playing in Spain this season, not Tyra Banks as I have in my notes, but Tyra Buss is expected to be playing in Spain this season, but we're not seeing an official announcement yet of who she'll be joining. But I did see an Instagram post from her husband, her husband, Brad Davison, that about where he is playing in Spain. And so I would imagine we'll see something here in the next like- few days about Tyra. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for her to to be there then. Good good congratulations to her and and her husband as well then. So um, additionally, going down the line here, we have Amanda Cahill is going to be staying in Luxembourg. Um, She will be playing now with Gringwald. Gringwald finished second in the regular season last year, and they actually won their league playoffs. And I believe that's a different team for her, right? Yeah, her team changed. I think I put this in the community. Um, The team she had been with for the last couple of years ran into some financial issues. Their primary sponsor, a lot of these European team club teams like this, even though they're professional, they're also kind of viewed as club. They have a primary sponsor and they lost their primary sponsor for one reason or another. And the team basically asked to be relegated because there's a second division. Uh, and this is what you get in a lot of the European leagues, very much like if you watch Premier League soccer or English soccer, you know, there's there's you know, you can you get uh, promoted and elevated based on where you are demoted, but where you finished it in the previous season. But they asked to be relegated. So I would imagine there were some kind of opt out or they just basically looked at a man and be like, hey, you're going to be too good for the league you're playing. We, we're going to let you go and you need to go sign with somebody. But she signed with Gringwald um, over there. And, and Amanda's had a very successful career in Luxembourg. We've been really trying to figure out a way to reach out to her, trying to find some back channels to get to her to see if she'd be willing to join us. But three-time all-league player in Luxembourg, and she's actually gained uh, Luxembourg citizenship, having played there long enough, where she played with the Luxembourg team in a FIBA event this summer. Yeah, that's awesome. So and- – Go ahead. Luxembourg's a great place. I was just going to say, I, I visited Luxembourg for, for work um, earlier this year, and it's actually a really cool um, area in that place. So I don't, I, you know, I can I totally understand why she wants to stay there. Yeah. Uh, we've been told um, kind of back channels from some people that we trust that Nicole Hart, Nicole Cardano Hillary is actually back in Bloomington and won't be playing this season and may actually see, you know, so you may see Nicole at several, you know, at some games this year, if, if you attend games in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Yep. And then last but certainly not least, Jory Davis ha- actually reached out to us on Twitter. Um, Jeff put out a, a tweet um, trying to figure out where everyone was going to be landing on this next upcoming overseas season. And Jory actually reached back out to us. So thanks to, to Jory. But she is still weighing her options for her um, her professional options for this upcoming season. So nothing definitive for her as up yet. Yeah, so we just want to wish best of luck to all those players as they continue on in their professional careers. And I'll go back to Grace real quick. You mentioned, yeah, a lot of your players, uh, WNBA players, even your stars, Diana Tarazi has played overseas almost every year she's been in the yeah. league. Uh, it's just that the money in the WNBA has gotten better, but they a lot of times the best players, the players here can make double, maybe even triple the money overseas, especially in the European leagues. Um than what they're making here. So it's a good financial thing. And like you pointed out, Kathy, especially for a young player like Grace, a chance to keep continuing to play, kind of hone her skills, learn a little more about the professional game, because it is a little different over in Europe. But um, so we want to wish them all the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. I think the rest uh, kind of overarching, just a quick comment on that. Um, I'll be curious with the WNBA if they try to figure out a way to get at least some of these top players a little bit more money um, because of NIL and not just overseas, because now um, we have so much NIL going around. I mean, we've heard about some of the money that, you know, like Caitlin Clark and, and, uh, uh, and others are making, it makes it really tough to want to go play in the WNBA where the salary is significantly lower. So. 
and I've kind of thought this for a while, but especially now that you are getting some of the female players to get some real notoriety, a, a, a Caitlin Clark, an Angel Reese, a Sabrina Ionescu, a, a Brittany Stewart yeah. um, that are putting up big numbers. And I know their business model really has never been this way, but they do. They really the WNBA really does play out a season. And, and it makes you wonder if they would have some discussions about, you know, trying to have a little more of a winterized season where you can keep a Caitlin Clark, an Angel Reese, some of those players kind of more at home and yeah. keep them more a little bit, you know, people talking about it. And I know they the, the original model was not to compete directly right. with the NBA, right. but, you know, that's, you know, it, it just is one of those things in my mind, at some point, maybe you have to have those discussions, but who knows, I'm not yeah. running the league and, and they're not asking they me, but, you know, they, they don't my ask us. <laughs> so, that's all right. <laughs> so, so Kelly, but before we yep. move on, I've got news just, you probably should have done this before we jumped into the news, but uh, you got any thoughts on your mind about as we come into the podcast this week? And, you know, we really haven't, like I said, it's been a slow news cycle. It's been very slow. Yeah. I think, you know, like we were, we were texting about earlier today, just really waiting for the, the full schedule to drop for us. You know, we'll, we'll get into it and I'm sure you'll talk about, it. and you know, right now, if you go out onto the website, there's only four games listed on the, the website for the women in terms of their schedule. And then it's just, okay, we're, we're into September now. And you know, yeah. the leaves here at least are starting to fall and football starting. And now I really want that basketball schedule. That's what I'm really waiting for. So yeah, otherwise it's just been kind of slow waiting, waiting it out. I think at this point and, you know, trying to understand still kind of digesting and listening to things that are still coming out of that Greece trip, but yeah, pretty slow. So nothing really to add. Yeah. So let's jump into what we know the, in the yes. seven games that we found. And I want to also make sure that I give kudos to inside the hall. The guys over at the inside the hall uh, were actually the first that I saw this from. So I want to make sure I give kudos out to them as citing them. How are you doing? You know, the first report, yeah. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like you do on a Twitter but they have actually they had done an open records request to, and I was able to go back and find that that information from them for some of these. And then we uh, I was able to confirm them because, like Kathy said, there's only four games right now on the IU Hoosiers.com website. But the other games we're going to talk about tonight, the other three are all on the opponent's website. Their official schedules for 23-24. So I thought that was interesting. So we've really kind of have confirmed these seven. We think there's at least three, if not four more non-conference games, as well as the Big Ten games to be announced. But that we're, you know, we may be guessing a little bit there in terms of exactly how many non-conference games they're going to play. We assume 11. And that's kind of been what the, you know, mm -hmm. that's been the number. But so we're still missing some games and we don't know why the big 10 is taking forever to announce that again, they don't ask us and, you know, you know <laughs> waiting around for us to do podcasts. But uh, so let's jump into it. And, yeah. and Kathy and I are going to take this kind of as we go through and, and I'm going to kind of, you know, throw some questions at Kathy as well, as far as, you know, kind of put her on the spot a little bit of time. She didn't know this. <laughs> all right. But the first game we want to talk about is really what could be maybe a top 10 matchup. Yeah. Uh, more than likely at least a top 20 matchup when it occurs on November the 12th, all the way out in Palo Alto. The Hoosiers will be traveling to Stanford. It'll be the fourth all-time meeting um, between the two teams. This is the first of a home-and-home -home that's been announced. Stanford will be coming back to Bloomington next season. Um, and the last meeting was in November of 21 in the Bahamas that saw Stanford win that game 69-66, and Stanford leads the all-time series two to one uh the cardinal went 29 and six last season and much like indiana they were shocked in the second round at home by Ole miss 
um, in, 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 in that NCAA tournament. And, you know, so both teams really kind of early on going to be trying to fight a little bit of that mental ghost of, you know, everybody thought they were going to go deeper in the tournament and they're going to, you know, and they didn't. So it's kind of those questions of how are they going to bounce back? Um, Stanford coached by IU alum and Naismith Hall of Famer and IU Hall of Famer Tara Vandeveer, uh, 37th year at Stanford. <laughs> That's just 40, amazing. Isn't it? 44th <laughs> overall. She's 1,034 and 214 at Stanford. I believe also three national titles. Uh, it's an 83% winning percentage. She's 1,186, 265 overall and 82% overall winning percentage as well. Um, and you know, Kat, this is where I'm going to kind of get into picking your brain a little bit. And, and as you look yeah. at the notes that we sent, uh, we've got an All-American. We've got Mackenzie, Mackenzie Holmes. Stanford's going to counter with their own All-American and Cameron Brink. And just, you know, having watched Stanford a little bit in the past and looking at the stats we dug up on, on, on them and Cameron Brink, what do you think about, you know, that matchup kind of almost, I mean, that probably will be a true matchup. I would imagine Cameron Brink will be guarding Mackenzie Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as soon as this was announced again, thanks to Alex over at Inside the Hall for his um, investigative journalism there. And uh, as soon as he announced it, the, the, the first thing I thought was that that, ma that matchup between McKinsey and Cameron Brink is going to be the storyline going into this game, right? You have the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year with Cameron Brink. You have the Big Ten uh, defensive player in the year with McKenzie Holmes. You have two All-Americans. They're roughly around the same size. Um, you know, McKenzie, I think, if I remember off the top of my head, I don't have the team stats. I think they, she averaged maybe a little bit more, but right around 15 points, double digits. Um, high fruit percentage field goes like very much on paper. Um, it seems like they're going to be evenly matched up. Uh, what I remember watching of Cameron Brink, though, and this is where I wonder if McKenzie might have the edges. I think that, um, and I don't know how to put this nicely. Cameron Brink is kind of skinny in terms mm -hmm. of, I don't feel like muscle wise, she might be able to push McKenzie around as much. Um, so we'll see. I don't know what she's developed in the off season or whatever, but that's where I feel McKenzie might have a bit of a, a, an advantage for her. So I definitely the marquee matchup is, I think, of our, our offseason very early on. Stanford was, you know, in Charlie Cream's uh, top 10, number nine in the two early preseason. So, yeah, I expect this is probably going to be the marquee uh, non-conference game for us to watch. Yeah, I agree. And 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 I agree with you about Brink. I, I And I love Cameron Brink's game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so, any Stanford fans who are listening to this or anything. But yeah. I, it's more along the line of – uh, McKenzie would have more of a physical uh, presence down low. Now that doesn't mean Cameron Brink can't use things to her advantage. She, I think she's longer. I, yeah, you know, I when do you too. look at, they may be about the same size, but Cameron Brink has a lot of length. She's almost mm -hmm. a, a freak athlete in terms of her length. Um, and she's been a, a extraordinary shot blocker over the course of her career. So that part will be interesting. You know, we talked with Lenny uh, Holmes, Max Daddick, uh, the last episode that we had with doing the work. And one of the things that he says that makes that really helps McKenzie is that she, you know, she doesn't really go fast. She, you know, she really knows what she's excuse me, she knows what she wants to do and she's not going to, you know, speed up and, and get, you know, kind of get flustered down there in the post. So I think this is, I'm really just looking forward to this match. I love the fact yep. that IU is willing to play this kind, kind of game. Um, and we, we know Terry Morin is not shied away from good, good competition, but I just, I just love these kind of this to me, like, I mean, when you think of Stanford, see if you agree with me, when you think of Stanford women's basketball, that's it's right there with UConn, 
Tennessee. I mean, it, it is a yeah. blue blood of women's basketball. 100%. I mean, when you you talk about having a coach that's there for 37 years, and not only 37 years, but having a, you know, basically an 817 record. I mean, that's, that's just amazing in any span of time. But to do that over 37 years, the longevity and, and the, the history that she's brought there, I think is amazing. I think the interesting thing for me that I'm will be wondering about with Stanford con- contrasting with us with us, we have at least you know, we have four of our five starters coming back. We have a fairly known commodity of who's probably going to fill in and maybe not um, coming off of the, the bench. And we, we have a good understanding. They they lost uh, Haley Jones last year. Yes. Um, and I think that's going to be a huge gap for them to fill. And projections are that maybe it's going to be a couple of their younger guards that will, will really fill in or maybe a wing. And to me, it feels like, you know, maybe there's some more unknowns for their teams and how they, they fill some of the, the productivity they lost from last year. I think you mentioned they only have one other player returning that average in double figures last yeah. year. Um, Hannah, Hannah Jump. Yeah, exactly. What, what a basketball name, by the way. Yes, Hannah, perfect. Hannah Jump. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she averaged 11.2 per game last year. And so, yeah, I, I think there's some, you know, and but I still think, and not and I'm not trying to say, taking away from us, we, we think we know our commodities, but it'll be nice to see how some of those players, yeah. I think we get a better idea because Grace missed so much time last year, but you are still going to have to work in somebody, you know, and, and it's going to be a little different mix. Grace Berger won't be around, you know, and it kind of be that security blanket. So it'll be nice to see what this team looks like. And we talked a little bit in the off season about some of the players and we still want to do a little bit deeper dive on some of the returns, but we've been hearing, you know, really have heard nothing but positives about the way Lexi Bargesser has looked all, all summer. Yeah. Yeah, same. And we've heard a lot about Sarah too, really stepping up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so, by far, um, early on the road, this will be a, quite the matchup. Yeah. So, and then the next matchup that we know about, November 23rd, Tennessee down in Fort Myers for a tip off tournament. Uh, it'll be the fourth all time meeting as well for that one. IU won last year in Knoxville, 79 67, for their first victory over the Lady Volunteers. And if you remember that game, Kathy, we'd had a lead pretty much for the whole first half, allowed Tennessee to get mm-hmm. back into the game. I think even tie it either late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. And then this was before Grace got hurt. And then Grace Berger kind of took over in the fourth quarter and made plays. Yeah. And Indiana was yeah. able to get out of there with a 12 point win. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, this game's coming up. It'll be over Thanksgiving. Um, in fact, I think November twenty third might actually. I think is that so. Thanksgiving Day or Friday after? I can't remember now. So either way, it's either Thanksgiving or Friday of. So hopefully everyone's uh, still awake from all their turkey to be able to watch this one because I think this will be a very interesting matchup for us. To, and I forgot to, to put this in those, but I believe this is nationally televised. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure this game's nationally televised on like Fox. I think you're right. That's yeah, that sounds right. I think that whole tournament is so um, really interesting matchup again. So, uh, you know, not sure what to expect again from from Tennessee by their standards. You know, they finished 25 and 12 last year. Definitely a down year for them. So I, I will expect that this will be a very tough matchup. That They'll be bounce wanting to bounce back from that season last year. Yeah, Kelly Harper, their fifth-year coach now, uh, 20th year overall, 88 and 39 at Tennessee. I mean, you're still trying to fill shoes at Tennessee, kind of like a lot of coaches at Indiana men's side are still <laughs> trying to fill the shoes of Bob Knight. Right. You know, t- Tennessee women's coaches are still trying to fill the shoes of Pat Summit. Um, and, but Kelly Harper, you know, former player at at Tennessee, and so kind of that lineage of you know going out and getting somebody who had played at Tennessee, played for Pat Summit, that idea to bring her back. Um, Rakea Jackson, a 6'2 fresh, or excuse me, 6'2 senior forward, 
led the Vols last year, just under 20 a game. And Kathy, if I remember, she missed the IU game last year. You know, I, that sounds right to me, too. I, I can't remember exactly I didn't go back and look at the box score. if it was her or if it might have been Tam Tamari Key, because Tamari Key missed a lot of time last year as well. Um, and she's expected, hopefully, to be back. But she missed a lot of the season last year. She was um, dealing with some blood clots in her lungs. So it, maybe it might have been her. I was thinking it was Tamari, but it might have been Rakia as well. Yeah. So but um, she was first team all SCC. Yeah, so definitely going to be a handful. And, um, you know, the returning as well, um, some Jillian Hollinshead um, will also be back. She's 6'5", and then they have a Belmont transfer in Destiny Wells, who will be um, kind of their ball handler. So I think pretty tall, right? They have a couple gals that are 6'6", 6'5", um, or maybe three of them even. So I think that's that'll be interesting. They'll have a lot of size collectively as a whole, I think maybe perhaps compared to us. Yeah, and I think the one thing to look at there is again, they're trying how do they mesh? You know, you talk about and I guess the one thing we're going to talk about a lot of teams as we go through the season, you know, especially early, how some of these in some of the transfer portals are going to mesh with the teams they're going to. IU has one player coming in. We have the two freshmen and 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 then the one transfer coming in. So I don't think it's as big a deal for IU this year, but we but we, we've seen several teams going out and be heavy in the portal. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how some of that chemistry plays together. Yeah, absolutely. And we were asking the same questions about ourselves last year. Yep. I think those questions will go away for us this year, but I, I agree with the transfer portal. I think every year we're going to see teams that um, rely heavily on the transfers going forward. I, I think this is going to be a little tougher game this year. I think, uh, I think that Tennessee is going to be a little better. I thought that uh, I thought they kind of got to, they started off really slow last year. They, if you remember, right, yeah. they played OSU. Ohio we're State, playing yeah. Ohio state kind of tough. And then Ohio state put, you know, had been pressing them, but all of a sudden the press just waylaid them yeah. and they ran off like a 20 point win in Columbus. And then we go down there and beat them. They kind of get off to a slow start, but about mid season, Kelly Harper got her team back to kind of being, you know, one of the better teams, the sec, they're all, you know, the sec right now, kind of all chasing South Carolina. That were, that'll be interesting to see how good they are without Aaliyah Boston and some of the players yeah. around her. But you know, that that's what Tennessee's trying to get back to. Kind of, you know, like I said, a lot of analogies there between Tennessee women's basketball in the last six, eight years to where mm -hmm. IU men's basketball has been as well. Kind of, you know, trying to get back to the, to that blue blood status or to reinforce their blue blood status um, with that. But I think that game, and again, also just because it's over the holiday, it's yep. on the road, it's in, a, you know, and hopefully it's not in one of those ballrooms <laughs> like they played in Las Vegas last year. Hopefully it's actually, yeah. you know, a better facility than that, but we'll find out. I know you were telling me in the text today yeah. that you and Sean were thinking about going down there. Yeah, we're, we're hoping to go down there. The, um, but they're only selling travel packages right now, which um, we didn't want to uh, to participate in for various reasons. So we're waiting to see. Um, I think they open up single game, just game, tickets only to the game on September 20th. So we'll see what they have left, cost, and all of that. Um, but yeah, we're we're thinking about uh, ditching the old families and uh, heading down to Fort Myers. <laughs> a little warmer weather than we'll see here in Iowa. <laughs> I like that ditching the family. So as yep. part of that same tournament or same tip-off class. Classic. It's not really a winner versus winner, loser versus loser. They'll be playing Princeton then two days later and a Princeton team that we seem to know kind of, you know, a yeah. little bit. 
third, it's only the third all-time meeting. IU won the last meeting. Remember the 2022 NCAA tournament in the second round? Grace Berger made the game winner. Yeah, 56-55. But this is a Princeton team that went 24-6 and last year. They lost to Utah in the second round. Again, they won their first-round game, lost in the second round at Utah. So this is a team that's used to getting a win in the NCAA tournament. Carla Barubia is in her fifth season at Princeton. Uh, she's 75 and 12 at Princeton. And, 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 and with that, and she has her 22nd year overall, but they also return the Ivy league player of the year and Caitlin Chin. And why don't you tell us a little bit about Caitlin Chin? Yeah. So Caitlin Chin, she is a junior, she's five, nine, and she's a guard. Um, as you mentioned, she was Ivy league player of the year and she averaged 16 points per game last year, four rebounds and three, almost four assists and shooting a nice 42% field goal rate as well. So yeah, I, I would expect uh, Caitlin to, to come out and, you know, you know, expect to lead them in. As you mentioned, you know, Princeton gave us fits in that, in that uh, second round tournament two years ago. And that was, that was at home in front of, you know, a very raucous home crowd at that time too. So, you know, I, I don't expect Princeton to just roll over on this game as well. Right. So I, I think you have three very tough matchups of non-conference games that we know of in November between Stanford and Tennessee. And then now Princeton, like Princeton is, is definitely not any team I would uh, expect that will overlook at all. No, and they also have two other double-figure scorers back. Julia Cunningham was a 5'11 senior guard. She was second-team All-Ivy. Grace Stone is a 5'11 senior guard, averaged 10.1 per game. I mean, they, so there's some other talent around Caitlin Chin here. And so, and, and and what we've seen with what Carla Berube has done with her team over the last few years, this is, this is again, this is a game I get, you just get the feeling that Stanford, or excuse me, Stanford, that Princeton's going to play the way they want to play. They're going to stick yeah. to their game plan. They're going to be disciplined, and we're going to have to be really focused that day. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, you know, I not knowing their full roster, but it feels to me like at least who's leading them is a very guard heavy team, as opposed to some of the other teams we just talked about, right? Tennessee yeah. with all their size, Stanford with Cam and Brink. So now, how how do we switch? and change our, I don't think we'll change our philosophy, but how do we, we do with that matchup? And it's a change in, in some of the matchups and the marquee ones, uh, the key matchups. So that's what I'll be looking for is how, how do we handle now, especially our guards, right? Because I think, you know, we, we lost Grace Berger and we're going to be relying on Sarah more. And I expect Lexi Bargasser to have a bigger role for us as well. Mm -hmm. Who knows about the freshmen perhaps, but at least those two, I really think that they need to step up defensively when we, when we see Princeton with the guard play that they're probably going to have. Yeah. And I think one of the things we'll obviously be looking at is some of these early games, maybe not the Princeton game, the Tennessee Stanford game, but I do think a little bit we need to see is, are we showing, are we going to get a little deeper in the rotation? I know yeah. those are the questions we always seem to have that we are concerns that we have almost every season going in. Are we ever going to really get past six or seven on the, on the, on the chart and get to eight, nine, see if we can save some minutes for a Mackenzie Holmes, a Chloe Moore McNeil, a Sarah yeah. Scalia, because instead of having them play 37, 38 minutes in the preseason of a non-conference, and then they're still also playing 37, 38 in the big 10. It's something, you know, there's one of those, I think you got to kind of, you know, give one way or the other. So um, with that, and then our last game that we know of that's on the IU website is the game in Maine. And that game is actually going to be in Portland. For those of you who are not familiar, May, the Maine campus, um, 
is up in the northern part of the state and the northern you know half of the state but they're going to play down in portland southern end of the state almost i mean literally within about a half an hour drive you're you know you're in massachusetts i mean if you've ever been up that area it's you cross through new hampshire and it takes about 15 minutes and in another half hour you probably an hour from boston it's been a while since i've been up there and drove it but it's it's not all that far but it'll be important. It's the third meeting all time. I used one of the previous two. The last time they played was in December of 2004, part of the 0405 season. IU won 67-59. The Black Bears went 16 and 14 last year. Um, and so obviously they're looking to have a little bit more of a bounce back season. But interesting here, they return the America East Player of the Year and Adriana Smith. So we're seeing some really good talent. Why don't right. you tell us a little bit about Adriana Smith, Kathy? Yeah, so Adriana, she is a six foot tall junior. She's a forward. Uh, she averaged last year right at 20 points per game in 9.8 rebounds. So almost averaging a double double, really right at it. We'll round it up and give her a double double, um, but also three, almost three assists per game. So, um, and a nice 49% uh, field goal percentage there. So, again, probably, uh, you know, somebody I would expect McKenzie most likely would be, be, um, probably getting that matchup there unless they have somebody else on their, their team that we just aren't aware of, but um, nice returning um, American East player of the year for, for, um, for Maine to be having on their team. Yeah. And I saw uh, something as I was doing the research on it, she also, her numbers actually went up in conference play. She was like almost 24 a game, almost 11 rebounds a game in conference play. So this was, you know, this was a very good player. Um, and, and like I said, Adriana Smith is one to look out for the other player is mm -hmm. Ann Simon, a five nine senior guard who missed roughly half of last season, and I and and did and I dug around a little bit because it, it was at one specific, but it sounded like she just dealt with some nagging injuries all season last year and, and missed some games, but she still averaged thirteen point six a game. I think she was second team all uh, all conference and the year before in twenty one twenty two. She was the conference player of the year. So Maine actually has the last okay. two America East player of the year. So again, they've got a little bit of talent. They just have been struggling. Albany right. and, and, and a couple of their teams in the America East have kind of gotten been have kind of moved to the top of that league. Yeah, makes sense. So, of course, I think that the storyline in this is the return for McKenzie to be playing yep. back in Rome State. Obviously, um, you know, speaking with her her dad, her father a few weeks ago, it sounds like we might have a fairly heavy Indiana presence the way uh, he's had so many people already reaching out to him to try to organize um, some tickets for everyone. So I think this will be, again, interesting. Um because it will be on the road. Um, but I, I think I'll be curious to see how many Indiana fans end up out in Maine to, to see this matchup, but that I think will probably be the headline for us. For, yeah. And for this is, goes back to the, for those who are fans who are kind of have fallen us last year too. Coach Morin does this quite a bit. She'll try to get a game, maybe not their senior year, but their junior year, where she can get a game back someplace close to home for them. You know, yeah. for Grace, it wasn't as big a deal. It was Grace from Louisville. And so, you know, kind of Southern Indiana, things like that. You, did, you know, we never really played Louisville. I think if we'd gotten Louisville in the old Big East, you know, Big Ten or ACC Big Ten ACC, Challenge, yeah. she'd be happy about that. But I think that's one of the reasons maybe she didn't schedule. Louisville per se was she didn't know what exactly was going to happen with the Big Ten ACC challenge in terms of what the matchups were going to be. But, you know, we, we've seen her do this with a couple of the other players in the past mm -hmm. where she's, you know, gone back, kind of get them a home game in front of their fans and things like that. So, you know, and kudos to Coach Morin for that. And, yeah, I, I think – well, be nice to see is if McKenzie – really. Yeah, yeah. But they had Quinnipiac a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Her dad mentioned that. They thought Quinnipiac yeah. was going to be that game for them. Um yeah. But it'll be interesting to see being in Maine if she has, 
any nerves. Cause like Lenny said, this is, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically playing in the same place where like the main state tournament yes. is played and she won some state tournaments in Maine, but I'd be interested to see with that large contingent of family and friends that would be wearing their IU gear. If she has any nerves. Yeah, absolutely. I think this will this will be a, a, the first time too, uh, at least for what we know of the schedule right now in terms of dates and whatnot. Um, I guess maybe not the first time, but uh, it will definitely be a game where I expect to see a lot of the bench. Um, oh, awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nope. That was it. Go ahead. No, I say it's a game. It's the one game right now. The four that we've talked about so far, where you figure yeah, I usually going to be a favorite. You know, right. it, it is an you know Indiana is going to be the you know you're going to see the line. Indiana is going to be a, possibly a double digit favorite. I. Just, I don't know. We might be favored against Princeton and Tennessee, but that game in Palo Alto would imagine we'll be a slight underdog. You know, yeah, I can't imagine that. we're going to be the betting, the betting favorite going into it. So, so those are the four games that are on the IU website. And we yep. found inside the hall had actually, as we said, congratulations to Al, kudos to Alex for finding this and, and we got it and used it. So we want to make sure we give all the shout out to Alex for finding it. Um, these games though, I did, as I dug through, found them on their school websites schedules for this year so i'm not quite sure why we're not putting them <laughs> so on our uh but kathy real quick let's kind of go through these because these are what yeah. we kind of probably refer to as buy games yep. uh, these are games against uh, mid-major low mid low major teams that are coming into bloomington um you would expect us to be favorites in all three of these games uh november 9th versus eastern illinois it's the fourth time we've played them we're three and oh uh, the head coach at Eastern is Matt Bolland, Matt Bolland. And some of you might remember him when he was the head coach at Illinois several years ago. He'd been there for about five or six years at Illinois. Um, it didn't end well for him at Illinois. I remember him a little bit when he was coaching women also up at Green Bay. And, and, and they had some real, they had some really good teams at Green Bay. Um, as well. So I can't remember his time there, but they only returned one double digit score, Macy McGlone at 13, a game, seven and a half rebounds. But so this is a game again, this will be the, should be right now. We think will be the yep. very first game of the season. And you would think it's a real good opening game for this IU group to play. Yeah, exactly. This should be a nice warm up game for them. Uh, hopefully introduce some of our freshmen to uh, some, you know, division one basketball, introduce us to the the freshmen as well. That's what I'm really wanting to see mm -hmm. from this game. You know, we're already seeing McKenzie kind of being, um, I, I don't want to call her load managed, but I, whatever we want to call it, load management. But um, we saw that in Greece where she didn't play at all. You know, I heard an interview with her here recently where she mentioned when they were doing some of their, their physical testing, one of the things they usually test them on is a mile run and they told her not to run it. And so we're starting to see that maybe mentality of making sure she, uh, that durability stays throughout the season. So expecting McKenzie to be fully healthy coming into this season, but I would hope not to see her play a whole lot in this game. And that we'll really see a lot more of Lily Meister. If, if McKenzie's playing 30 minutes against Eastern Illinois, that would be a concern. We're in trouble. Both, yeah. both from the standpoint of that's too many minutes. And secondly, we're struggling with an Eastern Illinois team. Right. Exactly. That at least on paper, we shouldn't be. Uh, why don't you take the next one, Kathy? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the other uh, November matchup we have is on the 17th against Murray State. This will be the third meeting all time between the schools, and um, IU has won the first two of those. The last matchup was actually in Murray in the 2012-2013 season, where Indiana won by 1.6362. Um, last year, Murray State was 15 and 16. They are led by head coach Rochelle Turner, who is entering her seventh season at Murray State. Uh, the Murray, she is a Murray State alum. She also coached high school basketball in Kentucky for well over 20 years. So she's definitely a seasoned coach. 
Um, in terms of their leading returning player, it's Caitlin Young. Caitlin is a 6'1 senior. She's a forward who averaged 21 points per game and eight rebounds per game. Um, and then last, they have Hannah McKay, who's a six foot senior. Uh, and she's also a forward who averaged 10 points per game for the for Murray State. And 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 Caitlin Young was the 2022. Uh, OVC player of the year. So she oh, yes. didn't, she wasn't last year, this past season, but she was the year before, but it seems to be a theme here. I wonder if coach Warren actually did some of this on purpose. The more I see the theme of size, you know, yeah. of, of post players forwards, six foot, six, two, you know, maybe she did, you know, she may not have, but it's just kind of interesting that it seems so many of the players we're talking about coming back for these teams seem to be those types of players that McKenzie would match up with. And, and even to a certain degree of Lily, you know, for Lily Meister as a sophomore to have to go up against some of these more veteran bigs and stuff and to maybe get her yeah. a little more ready for the big 10 season as well. Even though we thought Lily played well last year, hopefully she takes on a little bit bigger role this year yep. as well. Uh, the last game that we know of, at least right now in the non-conference of the seven is December 18th. This will be pretty much probably right before finals or right as soon as fi- I should say, right as finals is probably getting done. Uh, before Christmas, we are to see if they have another game before between that and Christmas. Uh, it'll be against Evansville. It's the yeah. ninth all-time meeting. IU leads the series 8-0. The last game was an 83-80 win for IU in the 20 the 2006-2007 season at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Evansville's been struggling, Kathy. I know that's down in your neck of the woods growing up. Yep. And you know, at times it's had a pretty good program, but they've really struggled over the last six, seven years. Yeah, that that is true. You can see that with their 11 and 19 record from last year, um, which was the most victories they had since 2017. I think that that tells us um, probably a lot of where their program is right now with um, the Purple Aces. Is, as you mentioned, that was a team that we took my high school team down to watch every once in a while um, when I was going to high school. Um, but definitely struggling right now. And if I remember reading through some of the information about them, uh, trying to get a little, you know, their head coach, Robin Sure Wells, will be starting her third year. She's 19 and 41 in her first two seasons, which doesn't sound great. But like Kathy said, the last year, 11 wins was the most win since 2017. Um, the year before her first year, they actually won two games in the Missouri Valley Conference, which was an improvement over the year before. So it's been a it's really kind of really gotten down in in Evansville with the uh, with the Purple Aces. But I think I saw where they actually have extended her contract just because they have that much belief that she's getting it going in the right direction. So yeah. uh, but again, this is another game. This game, the Murray game on paper, Indiana should be a double digit favorite and we shouldn't have to be hopefully getting our starters 35 minutes a game. Yep, absolutely. That's what we expect from that. So, Kathy, I kind of put you on the spot here. Didn't tell you yeah. you're going to do this. And, um, and I'll go first, actually. Okay. Seven games. Yep. Um, I'll go six and one. I, six, I'll take six and one. I Obviously, seven and oh would be awesome. I, I think six and one is realistic. I think the game at Palo Alto is going to be a very tough game. I could live with five and two. Anything yep. less than five and two, I think we got have, we're going to be having you know, some post-game discussions about what's not working. Yeah. Um, no, as we go through it, was going through it, I was actually tallying in my head wins losses. I I have five and two in my head. I I really think Stanford is just that's going to be a really really tough 
game first win on the road with a very um, most likely a top 10 team as well. Um, and, and I, I really think that Tennessee is going to be coming back and wanting to, you know, avenge, if you will, the, the loss to us last year and show that they're, they're back on track. So those were the two I had in my head. Um, but that Tennessee game for sure is a toss up. It's a neutral site. Um, hopefully there are some, hopefully my husband and I included some Indiana fans down there to help maybe tilt that way. But, you know, those are the two losses that I have, but I think the other five are definitely teams that we should be beating this year. Yeah. The Tennessee game is the one in my head that I'm kind of like mm, five and two I can live with, but yeah. I think I, I realistically think six and one is going to be what we are I'll, I'll, because I think we can find a way to win that Tennessee game. But like you said, I think the thing hey. about it, that tip off tournament like that is you just never quite know, even though we are a veteran group, it's, it's sometimes those environments can be a little stale there's not much, you know, especially if there's very few fans there. And so can you be disciplined enough? You're also in the sun. You're probably leaving Bloomington when it's going to be colder. You know, can you can you understand that you're there to play and get your job done, then enjoy the pool and some of the other things? You know, I don't that's never been a problem for for Coach Morin and her teams. But it's still one of those things I think that is kind of a, a and I think that goes for any team that goes, you know, we've, we've seen teams go, you know, maybe not so much on the women's side, but men's side, they'll go to one of these types of tournaments and you think they're going to go three and oh, and all of a sudden it's like the next thing, you know, Monday, everybody's talking about, well, how did this, what happened to so-and-so they're on three and you know, they're going to fall out, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think that'll happen to us, but I just think that's what you guard against. You know? and, yeah. and so that's why I think I agree with you. That Tennessee game is the one. And also let's say you win that Tennessee game. Then that Princeton game also is one yeah, of those. You, you better be ready to bounce back. Yeah. yeah. You better be ready to bounce back for, for, for Princeton as well. So yeah. anyway, so, hey, any final thoughts on the non-conference schedule that we know of so far? No, no. I just, you know, again, they have those two in particular marquee with Princeton right there as well between Tennessee and Stanford that um, really are going to be headlining our, our non-conference schedule, at least that we know of right now. I would have, yeah. um, I would expect that we won't see any more top 10, top 15 teams jump on here. So I'm assuming those will be our two tough teams to play. The only way I think a third team gets in there similar to those two is if somehow we're playing somebody out of the big East and, you know, the men, the men yeah. have the Gavit games. And if we somehow get, you know, the women have, you know, get a game with a, I'm trying to think who in the big East would be a good women's program right off the top of my head. UConn obviously would be one, but you know, you get the, a, a UConn, a, um, a Xavier, you know, I'm not sure exactly how good the Xavier women are anymore. They used to be really good there for a while when Kevin McGuff was down there as head coach. Right. Um, so, but yeah, that'd be the only way I see. I, I don't think they'll be going out looking per se, but if they picked up a game like that, where maybe it's a neutral site type game, you might see them try something with that too. Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 right. yep. Oh, Quang, I love your, you know, your jonesing. It's, it's been, it has been a very slow news cycle, but we thought it was now is perfect, especially since uh, we're not going to do a show for a couple more weeks. We got some schedule for conflicts and stuff coming up. So I think we come back in October, we're going to get dive a little bit deeper. Hopefully we'll know the, the conference schedule by then the rest yep. of the schedule, but we also want to talk about some of our returning players. We really haven't talked a ton about them. So we'll break down that and probably get back to going on a more regular basis as well in October, you know, whether it's, you know, pretty much about once a week there, unless we really get a slow news cycle. But uh, we do want to remind you that our next episode is to be, well, actually right now, plan on October 4th. That's what Kathy and I are planning on is October 4th. Uh, but keep your eye on the community on at Assembly Call or our Twitter feed. 
And we'll let you, you know, if we make any changes, but right now plan October 4th for our next uh, doing the work podcast. Um, be sure. You know, and again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, just search doing the work uh, and you should be the first thing that pops up and you can follow us there. Also, don't forget, you can join our community at assemblycall.com slash join. Um, for those of you who want to get more information, not only on the women, but the men and some other sports, our friend Ari does an awesome job of updating some of the other sports. Um, soccer especially but also you know the other sports who are going on uh, as well so um assembly call will be on tomorrow uh with their normal weekly show at nine o'clock eastern east eight central uh, i think right now if i saw the community jared's looking for kind of some just some basic questions i don't even have to be basketball related for tomorrow night that's again the men are in the slow i think we'll know a lot more for the men coming up next week um, they have a huge recruiting weekend coming up this mm-hmm. weekend with the football game on Friday and, and, and on Saturday. Um, Kathy, by the way, did you see, I know we're not the men's show, but did you see that? I'd like to see this one for the women. Did you see the Twitter feed of, um, of the kids who are coming in for recruiting at the recruiting visit and Mike Woodson driving the bus? Yes. Yes, that was that, awesome. Well, yeah. yeah, we need Coach Morin in that same kind of you know driving know. the bus for a recruit coming in. Um, I would love to just see any tweets when we have recruits coming in. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that was one of the interesting things we talked with Lenny about. I mean, in terms of McKenzie's visit, and obviously we weren't doing the show then, but they're pretty. I mean, I, I think they know when they have their kids on campus. But as far as publicizing it, they can be pretty low key in this women's program about you know, who's on campus for a visit or whatever. And mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll get commitments. You'll be like, didn't even know we were recruiting that kid. In. But hey, exactly. glad, glad we got that kid. And we think they can play. So, um, yeah. so, but anyway, assembly call will be on tomorrow. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live or be part of the live chat or workaholics, as we like to call them, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be, again, I already talked about the private community. Uh, you can join at assemblycall.com slash join, or you, if you are a member, go and make sure if you haven't been for a while, but it's assemblycall.com slash community. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logos. Uh, also, a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you soon. We'll talk in, in a couple of weeks. So until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right. All right. Good show. Nice. Good, Good show. job. Wrapping up the summer. Kind of. Good way of putting it. Yeah. But yeah, so now we'll come back in October and probably, I know we'll have some, yeah. maybe some conflicts, but probably I'll figure about every Wednesday, maybe start about every so Wednesday. Because that we way we can, week, I think be good. Because then we can cover the schedule. We can cover the kid, the like the seniors and the juniors and the sophomores that we haven't yeah. really talked about. So, so and dive into maybe like if we have time to dive into like the Iowa and Ohio State at least. Yeah, and I'll reach sure. out. I'll see if I can reach out to uh, I think it was Kyle. I'll see if Kyle would Kyle. be interested mm-hmm. in joining us and see if we can find anybody. I'm still trying to hope that we'll find somebody that can. Well, Amanda was supposed to be trying to figure out if you know if find right. a way to to get Nikki's um info but yeah so we can you know get some guests but yeah we'll try and see what we can do but you know looking forward to it yeah as as we start it feels like now you're past labor day and there was some tweets out today by the by the program showing them doing some 
workout stuff and 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 pictures of workouts and stuff so you know it, it you just feel like it's getting closer yes. you know now, it, now we're now we're really jonesing yeah to, to quote queen in our chat here so john, yeah now we're really itching for some basketball yeah, yeah. if you're on twitter and you follow john rothstein it's it's one of the things it's like you know 62 days until basketball yes. season starts and so you know and i'm one of those countdown guys i do that at school i got my calendar and you know, my board and it's like hey we got 100 you know i think tomorrow when i go in tomorrow i have 160 days left and it's like eh, awesome. you know and so I, you know, I'm a, I'm one of those countdown guys, you know, the, yeah. what's the next like great grading period ends in 20 days, you know, so, so but yeah, so I, John Rothstein's a man after my own heart. That's great. So, well, good. Well, I have seven days till vacation if we're going to yes. count down stuff. Count them so. down and enjoy your yes. vacation. We will. So, all right. Yes. Hey, everybody, right. thanks for being out there. We'll see you on the fourth. Yep. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.